Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. Thank you so much for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. And I just want to give a special thank you to everyone who supported Get Loved on Seed and Spark. Um, by the time you're hearing this, the campaign is over. And uh, I just, you know, so grateful for all of y'all for, I don't know, it makes me cry in a happy way to have built a community through just being able to, you know, talk about feelings, which is kind of silly. Um, so thank you so much for um, all the confidants who shared it, supported it, or just enjoyed it, you know? If you're too shy to share it, even if you enjoyed the video, the campaign, all that, um, I'm so happy. You can still follow it if you want, seedandspark.com slash fun slash get loved short because if I get 250 followers and it's free to follow, um, I do get special filmmaker bricks. Um, I do want to say that I am aware that some of these early episodes of the season have some sound issues. Um, it has been resolved from new episodes on, but I believe there might be one or two more that are not up to par. That being said, if you are a sound engineer or a podcast engineer, I am actually very, very likely soon looking to uh, bring on a remote engineer to help with um, recording and sound and scheduling and all that. Um, and, you know, time will be compensated and all that. But hopefully it's uh, something that you're interested in doing as well. So feel free to email me, tell me anything pod at gmail.com or um, Instagram at tell me anything pod. And that's all for the announcement today. Enjoy this episode with Brendan Fitzgibbons. What's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. This is You Can Tell Me Anything, where I have comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. I'm very excited to have my guest on today. Um, we share the same manager, and we actually met at his wedding, and we like killed it on the dance floor. He is sort of new to L.A., but has a show in L.A. weekly at Wino Vino. I think that's what it's called every Tuesday. And is the <laughs> host of the podcast, Spiritual Asshole. Give it up for Brendan Fitzgibbons. Yeah, what's, what's up, up, everybody? Up? Hey, <laughs> good to be here. I always give like hella long intros, and then sometimes I feel like it's anticlimactic because I'm like, yeah, give it, up. and then I'm like, oh, there's an audience. But I imagine people at home are hyped up, so that's um, that's why I do that. Yeah, I totally on my podcast. Whenever <laughs> uh, I do my outro, I go keep it going for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's no one for it to keep going. It's so good. <laughs> but then you feel like you're in a room full of people when you listen to it. Um, yeah, just say keep it going, man. It's fine. Yeah, just always keep it going. I think that's keep a good going. general vibe. Uh, well, before we get too far, I like to start by asking my guests for a good confession so my listeners can get to know you better. Um, is there something good you want to confess? Yeah, I just finished season one of my podcast. I did spiritual asshole i did 82 in a oh, row wow and i was like i need to take a break now and i'm i don't know about you but like you hear in the podcast world they're like never take a break <laughs> <laughs> dude five thousand in a row and i was like dude i've done 82 weeks in a row of this i need to chill for a second yeah so, damn that's a lot wait what's the premise of your podcast i love the name by the way spiritual yeah asshole. So, it's so fun yeah so it's kind of actually in the name which is it's a spiritual take a comedic take on the world of spirituality so okay. I'm, I'm really into spiritual self-help stuff, but I also love comedy. So it's blending the two worlds, I think, in a way that's not been done before. 
I don't like have guests on to like shit on them, but (laughs) but I do have like a more humorous way of looking at that world because I feel like that world is very serious and everyone thinks that like to be spiritual you have to be this like you have to talk like this you have to like have no thoughts all the time none of that stuff is actually true that i i believe so that sounds like my shit because i yeah i feel i this one's kind of started more up from like therapy confessionals but it really had i think anybody who's open to questioning things you tend to get into that direction so I've been led down that road a bunch and I'm like, I feel the same. I'm like, I love seeking answers, but I hate the feeling that people who think they know talk to you like there's no other answer. And I'm like, how did you get there? By asking questions. Yeah. So why would you shit on my questions? Um, and we're like, and comedians are inherently skeptical of everything. Like we could meet Jesus and just be like, nah, dude, I don't know if you're Jesus. Like, you know, <laughs> we would just be like shitting on him. I feel yeah. like what's good about us though. It's like, we always are skeptical of stuff. Yeah, you should never be afraid of questions if you know an answer, but if you don't know an answer, that's usually, like, if you're afraid of a question, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but, like, people who are, like, you know, oh, I only believe in blank, but then you question it and they get mad, it's like, do you really believe in it? Because if you did, you would just be like, cool, here's the answer, or find it on your own. Like, nobody would be that angry. And also, there's, like, I've found, I've talked to 82 different kind of spiritual self-help people. Oh, wow. I've been saying that... Um, Is it, like, Eckhart Tolle spiritual when you say, or just, like, kind of across a spectrum of, like, religion? The, the widest range of people. But I've been telling people that it's it was my way of getting 82 free hours of therapy. And, oh, my uh, God. I love that. I would come and talk about crystals all day because I got in an argument oh, with yeah. a rocket scientist about this. And I have thoughts but it made me laugh because I also believe in science but I also think it's funny that people who are very scientific won't believe anything until it's in a book but I'm like you do know how science got in that book right like somebody asked a question and did some experiments and then it was in that book but before that you and test- it started as a absolutely and, and in nature so like it's wild to just shut someone down like you might be right like I didn't do the science on it but to just suddenly <laughs> go wow I don't even touch that stuff it's like Really? Yeah. Doesn't no. sound like you believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> it also started as a thought, which is like what everything is in this world of spirituality is like the importance of your thoughts. And no, I've, I've actually, after talking to 82 people, I've almost feel like I have less answers, but feel better about it in this. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. all this could be true. And it actually feels better than being like, this is the fucking answer. It's this way. Like, I don't feel that way at all. There I'm wouldn't not- be an answer. I love this shit so much. I've, I'm not going to spend this whole time talking about your pod, but I do want to respond to it because it's like I've always during the pandemic, I've thought a lot about this stuff and I kind of came to the conclusion, which is an inconclusive conclusion, but the conclusion that whenever I feel like threatened or feel like I'm not um, able to connect with someone, I try to search for a common question, not a common answer, because then yeah, because then you feel like like let's say you're trapped in a room, right? Like and you don't know how to get out like if. And that moment, everyone's goal is to get out. Maybe, right? Unless there's one person whose goal is not to get out, then you might be like, hmm, suspicious. Why don't you? You know, so like wherever it leads you, that's usually the first place to start because then you can figure out your goal. But if you start from like, well, who put us in here? Blah, blah, blah. And then there's, it's all pointing fingers. Then really nobody gets closer to the goal. Yeah. And 
really honestly like i don't think anyone does have the answers and that's what makes it yeah. kind of cool it's like if you could just sit back and like i've been telling people like when i listen to people's opinions i like sift them like a glass of wine in my cup like, <laughs> oh, interesting just, like, uh, i'll shit out like, this oh. part i'll digest this part this <laughs> exactly. part will make my tits grow and this yeah <laughs> I'm just, I'm never like that upset about somebody's answer or I'm like, no, cause it's just like, that's not, that's not also, that's not growth. That's not how you grow either. So it's yeah. been awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. I definitely can't wait to check that out. I'm sure yeah. the people who like this pod will like that too, but yeah. you kind of talked about therapy and I, um, or lack of therapy, but I, I started this pod, like some backstory because I started going therapy late. Like I really wasn't um, raised in a culture that like had it until I went to New York city, which, you know, it, it's all like therapy is like a designer bag you wear around with you <laughs> you talk about at brunch but um I really enjoyed being able to like share parts of myself and talk and blah 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 so I like to ask my guests just because there's so many different um uh, backgrounds for like how you deal with mental health and I know you have your pod but do you have experience with the therapy have you gone or like what's your kind of like self-care routine and if it's just comedy, that's okay too. But um, just to sh- <laughs> just to share, like- no, because I mean, really, we get all of sort. I mean, we have people who are like, I don't ever want to go, and here's my reason. What? There's no wrong answer. It's just um, to kind of get a sense of like everyone has their different ways of handling things. Yeah. What if uh, my answer was just open mics? <laughs> <laughs> then I would be surprised you were this successful. No, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. No, I have tried every therapy known to man, almost. <laughs> okay, I'm elaborate. Open. Have I'm you done open. EMDR? Yes. Oh, me too. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I've done EMDR. I'm I'm now seeing a hypnotherapist. I've done Whoa. Reiki. I've done crystal work. I've done acupuncture. I've done like deep uh, energy therapy. I've done regular therapy. There's like nothing uh. I will not. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm forgetting. Oh, I've well, done data healing. Like, there's something I know I'm forgetting. Wait, more. is that like Scientology? No. <laughs> oh shit, that I, that makes sense though why you'd ask that. No, it's um like somatic. Aren't they called Thetans? Yeah, Thetans. It's um somatic body <laughs> healing. What if I was a Scientologist? Um, <laughs> then I'd be like, Oh crap, I guess we have more in common than I thought. Um How did I get here again? No. Um no that's that's okay, this is interesting because I think this is the first time I've had someone who's tried that many forms and it's still interested in finding more like it didn't sound like they didn't work but is your so now I'm curious is that from your curiosity of wanting to try everything or are you like seeking an answer that you have yet to find so, or you're just constantly interested in seeing more experiences I think it's both of the it's a little bit of the last two you said I you know I just said like there's no answer but I I do feel like there was I've become obsessed with sort of what's going on subconsciously in your subconscious hmm. mind and I've been exploring with these different kind of therapies to more attack and not attack more to change to go after the subconscious yeah so it's okay. been like really a plan where I was like oh I'm gonna do all these different kinds of therapy it's been like which one can actually I want to rewire my brain about some shit yeah and so I'm fascinated by all the different ways you could do that so I just keep getting led down these different roads it's not even by choice at all it was never a conscious decision I grew up Catholic like every oh wow okay I didn't do any of this shit when When did you leave or did you just kind of fade away when you like left home from the church or did you actively like oh I don't practice anymore I was always a seeker so I started I was a Catholic probably till like 24 which is way too late I know some people were like I knew this was bullshit when I was seven I was like damn I wish I was that 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 everything's a little bullshit though like also my twin sister is Catholic but she became Catholic in college and my dad's a born again and I'm not religious but I went to Christian kindergarten and then Catholic 
school for freshman year. So, like, I've, I've had enough experience around it where I'm not like, I hate it. But, you know, I, I do identify as queer, and there's many things I feel that religion doesn't leave safe spaces for. So I didn't really follow through with any institutionalized religion. But I yeah. think it's pretty common to – your like, your um, – attitude and philosophy I feel like does line up with a lot of people I know that practice Catholicism or have yeah so and my mom is extremely Christian now my dad's kind of practicing Catholic so my background is intensely religious and then it just hit me one day where I was like oh none of this is working for me (laughs) Uh after like excessive studying and seeking and going and like trying my mom kept being like you're going to the wrong church. I was like, no, that's not. <laughs> and there shouldn't be, right? If if you yeah. believed in one whatever God that is all loving and you can go to a church and find it, which is, I think, what most Christian churches believe, right? Like, you just go to the church and you'll be able to connect to God, yeah. whether it's the right or wrong church. Like, then there shouldn't be a wrong church, right? I Technically. Know. But no, if you believe there be could be a wrong church. Yeah, but if there could be a wrong church, then you could get into the nitty-gritty argument of like, oh, this church is running this wrong, but not God wrong. But then we don't even open that up. So it's like, hmm, I sense some weakness in this argument. Is this the church or is this the people talking? Yeah. (laughs) And that's what I realized about religion. To me, it's just like a filter in which people use to often exert control when they have no control. So I've Mm. given all of that up. And... um, yeah, so it's been like a crazy spiritual journey. Like it's been like so much of my life. And now I feel like the last couple of years I've like found a place which is kind of nowhere, but that's cool. <laughs> I love that. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. really appropriate for the sort of broad universal uh, 2020 everyone. Like if you kind of combine everyone's like collective COVID experience of having just totally paradigm shift, um, their, the idea of being nowhere is and making nowhere home is kind of like, actually very right on yeah that's cool we sh- i think we just wrote a web series oh no <laughs> i can't take on another project uh that doesn't pay me uh <laughs> if someone wants to buy it yeah please hit up our manager yeah call this man he just had call his birthday man. happy birthday james um yeah. well, uh well okay let's take a quick break and then when we get back we'll get your confession all right, we're back. Uh, Brendan, the time has come. Is there anything you'd like to tell me? Yes, and I'm so glad that you've afforded me this platform to do so. <laughs> I would like to confess that in tw- 2012, I was on a reality dating show for Bra- on Bravo. What? Wait, was it? Okay, actually, I don't. The only one I know that I knew comedians on, but I don't know if it's 2012. There was like The Beauty and the Geek, but I don't know if that was Bravo. Was that yours? No, no. no. it was okay. called The Love Broker. The love broker, we're, oh my god, wait, okay, tell us more, this sounds like very Bravo, because there's like, sort of a bling slant when you add a broker in there, it's like, love, can't be bought, but on Bravo it can. <laughs> yeah, exa- no, exactly, I mean, it's a crazy, this story is like, so multi-layered and insane, so, <laughs> it was 2011, and I was in Bryant Park with my buddy, and I just broke up with my long-term girlfriend, and this woman comes up to us and she's like, hey, do you want to be on a Bravo reality show? And my buddy was like, hell no. And I was like, ah. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> and uh. <laughs> I, was new in my, I was new in my comedy career, right? So like when you first start off, and I, I would love to know if this was your experience, like mm. you think your next break could make you famous. Like I was like, 
this is going to make me famous. I was like, oh, that's it. This is it for me. Like, yeah, there were so many things like, you know, friends would be like, I'm casting for MTV. And I'd be like, this is it. I'm going to just tell all my like most raunchy stories on this casting. But then it's like, thank God I didn't get cast for any of those, you know, as yeah. all like stories of how I was or like I was a complete asshole being drunk at a on a date or whatever. But like, this is funny. And then later, like, oh, I would have <laughs> seemed like a nightmare. Yeah, but that's, I mean, when you're starting out, so I was pretty new to comedy, I literally was like, oh, this is going to make me famous. And plus, you know, I was like, why not? This could be a fun story. So I went into the Bravo Studios, they asked me a bunch of questions, and they're like, cool, all right, you're in. So the concept was... Whoa! Wait, I have to say this before you get too far, just in case that it connects, which is totally fine, but I was a receptionist at the production company that um, produced... Watch Happens Live on Bravo. So I wasn't working at Bravo, but I worked really closely with Andy Cohen and a bunch of Bravo celebrities. So it is kind of funny that I'm like, actually, our worlds in 2011 too. So our worlds may have been more uh, orbiting around each other than we knew. So I'll get to I'll get to Andy Cohen too because I have okay. shit with him. Uh, not shit. I had stuff to say about him later. What was the audition? Uh, what did was, they ask you? Like, did you know the me, slant? Like, are you single? What's it like dating in New York? I like, I wore like, my night suit shirt and all this shit. And I was young, you know, I was probably uh-huh. 27 and 26. And so, um, so young for a man, but you know, not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just excited to, I'm like, well, those will be some good stories. So the concept was there was this woman named Lori Zaslow and she was like ran a dating agency. And like that idea right oh now sounds God. insane. But at the time it was, I think it was real. I she, think this sounds familiar. I vaguely. Yes. Blonde. She looks yeah. like the picture. Yeah. She like, has like short hair and kind of like. It's like it not. was like down here and okay. she looks like a Manhattanite Upper East Side to a T. Like hi, I'm Lori Cut. Zaslow. Okay. Like that kind of vibe. So you were supposed to go see her, talk to her, and then she would find somebody. <sighs> All right. So, Interesting. <laughs> what people don't know and that I didn't know about reality shows until this whole experience, and I've now I've written on a reality show, which I want to talk about too, is it's incredibly scripted in the sense of like, like maybe the things you're saying is not, but like they know from the jump what mm. they want your story to be. So like, yeah, wow. They're like, okay, so here's your story, like, and so then they'll craft an entire thing around what they want that story to be. So my story was, I was too funny and immature for love. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Everything that we did was kind of based around that. So. Oh, so you had to like lean into it. But that kind of, does that serve you wanting to present as a comedian? Because then you can like be there with the priority of being funny over finding love. Yeah. So that's a good question. It didn't serve me like. Cause I, I was like, well, I'll show them. I'm so funny. But meanwhile, they're like, I'll show him. He's going to look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like two simultaneous things. So gotcha. what was crazy was also that when you do a reality show, they kept trying to get me fucked up and drunk every single shot. Yeah. That we did. And I we keep hearing like, that. It's like, all just shit faced. <laughs> and dude, we're talking like 11 o'clock in the morning. It's, this is not like we're, we were doing night shoots all the time. Literally. They'd be like, Hey, Brennan, what's up? You want to have drink? some yeah, shots you like vodka <laughs> you want to drink vodka they're just like dumped because they want you to be loose yeah. and they want you to say some crazy shit so the whole point of a reality show is moments so they want yeah. you to either they always were like make a choice either you hate this girl or you kiss her right now it's like it was like oh, oh my god did they prep you at all like was there any training for like hey you know media training and like you might say something and get 
like a ton no. of DMs or whatever, or you might totally sh- like, here's how to present. No, that's so, that's no, so that's ruthless. A, that's, and well, that's such a great point because actually I feel like Bravo wants you to do those things. And, and then you're stuck. Like, it's an abusive relationship because then like they'll help you get more famous the way they want it. But you now can't work anywhere else. That is so – no, it's fucking insane. <laughs> like once you sign over your name to this show, they can manipulate and do with the footage whatever the fuck they want. And that oh is my God. terrifying. Like I know somebody who was a story producer. So when you're crafting oh, yeah, yeah. the show, you're a story producer who I will not say who said that she worked on a show that she was able to manipulate the footage so much that it she made one of the characters seem like she got an abortion and she didn't and she didn't oh my god that's awful I know I mean think about that that's, that's like so far I thought it was just gonna be the seem like a bitch and I'm like I mean that's fine we get it but yeah. damn yeah. that's no. totally different and that's, that's so yikes. that's so out and crazy right so I didn't know all this though at the time, right? I was yeah. like, I was naive and I was like, whatever. So, okay, so. This is 2011, like pre Tinder, right? I'm trying to remember that, like, when did that all, like, around then? It was just kicking off. Otherwise, okay. like, the concept of this show never would have worked. Yeah, so. this culture was, I remember it was before You Up was coined, but it was a thing. Like, I remember being like, there people texting You Up and being like, what's up with this? But then it wasn't like, oh, Netflix and chill means. Netflix and oh, chill yeah, yet. No, no but, Netflix yeah. and chill would be like, go get your Netflix from your mailbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Take out the yeah. DVD out of the paper. All right, uh-huh. so one of the first things that we did was I had to go meet Lori. Like, we did, like, an intake, and then they're like, okay, we're going to come to your comedy show. So I was running a show at Lucky Jack's in the Lower East Side. Okay. It was a great show. It was called Gandhi Is That You. It was a weekly. And they're like, we want to film on a Saturday. Our show was a Monday. So I'm like, okay, cool. We'll throw a special show just for Bravo. All right? Wow, okay. So... And part of the way that we got people to this show was I posted ads on Craigslist. So when you do that in New York, (laughs) oh boy. (laughs) Uh huh. Okay. So we go have the show on a Saturday night. All of my friends come, and then a bunch of kind of homeless people show up to the shoot. Kind of. Uh There are some like sketchy. Just people who have nothing to do but look on Craigslist for something to do. Exactly. So Bravo comes in. And they see the audience. So the audience is peppered with, like, good-looking, like, hip New Yorkers and then some shady characters. So then they come in and they're like, um, uh, we need to move. We need to switch some people around for height reasons. So they push everybody who wasn't attractive. Oh, my God. Everybody in the back. So you don't see them. Oh, my God. Here's what's great. My friend Kyle Fincham was hosting. He's since quit comedy. He gets Uh on the microphone. Bravo's shooting the show. There's, like, a huge crew. There's tons of people everywhere. And he goes, what's up, guys? Thanks for coming out. Hey, how racist is Bravo? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, no. It was fucking I was hoping it wouldn't go that way, but that's awful. No, No, but it was, they didn't really called out. And then I remember looking at Bravo, and they were like, ugh. And so. Oh, no. All right, so, so like, they had a quick opener. Then I perform. I do, like, 25 minutes. I'm kind of drunk because they're getting me hammered. Uh Uh-huh. I do one sex joke, one. Okay. Like, I, I, I'm a pretty clean comic at this time. And it was like uh-huh. a stupid masturbation joke that I had. Uh-huh. I do one joke. When they air the show, <laughs> the only joke that they oh, God. That I did oh, was my a God. stupid masturbation joke because it was the most immature joke I had. Damn. That probably means you passed the test because you they're probably hoping to get like a ton of material and they're like, I, that just maybe that one but then that's all people see but in your mind you can rest easy knowing 
yeah. that they couldn't buy more. <laughs> so, but the problem is my mom saw it. <gasps> she was so. Oh mad. no. She Did you get to see it before or you watched it with people? No, no I watched it by myself. Oh, by um, yourself. Okay. And so my mom wouldn't talk to me for like, a, for like a whole weekend. I came home and she's like, she's like drove me to the airport and she's like, you basically disgraced the whole family. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that's, that's a little, um, exaggerated. I don't know how many, you know, people really are watching love broker on Bravo yeah, that like your whole family would know. <laughs> I no, Well, maybe she sent out an email and then that's why she was embarrassed. No, My mom is just an extreme Christian where she's like, all uh. things are bad. Like all anything dirty is the worst thing ever. So, all right, so this is where the story gets crazy. Yeah, so what happens? Uh, it's, it's already crazy, but okay. So now I have to go to like this class where I learn about like how to make a girl a cocktail. Like we go to like a cocktail class. I'm hammered again. Is that like part of the show? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have to make girls love when you work as a bartender, but also yeah, 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 yeah. also are a comedian, also too immature? Yeah, well, <laughs> they love because, it. Yeah, they're like they were like once you know this drink, the girl will be so impressed with you. On your date, she'll be like, he knows the cocktail. <laughs> so, what was the drink? It was called Hers. I only remember this because I literally just was flipping through the show and rewatch. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, right my now. God. Okay, I have to watch it. But also, if a guy on a date was like, I'm going to make you a drink. It's called Hers. I'd be like, you definitely have bodies in your closet. Like, <laughs> what? Like, never heard of that drink. Did you make it up? Is it roofie? Like, what? <laughs> I know. No, I, I'm looking back at it now. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is it called Hers? Anyway. It's like when you go to, oh, sorry. We <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna let you finish. This story. This is my style, by the way. Uh, so hopefully no, it's not too it. annoying. It's all good. No, no, it's, it's your boy. It's your but the the I went to a party at a guy like house who with a bunch of people, but he lived by himself, like a rich dude who had a mansion, but you know in the Beverly Hills. But he had like a whole closet full of like like drinks for parties, but like girly drinks, like Lacroix, whatever. All this stuff that you just know this is the guy who invites random girls home, but he's rich, so they're like, okay, we'll save because we're in a big group and you have a pool. But I'm like, it's too creepy when your whole closet is full of girly drinks and you're like, what would you like? Here's an extra jacket. It's like, no, no that's bad. Run. <laughs> like, yeah, he just has girls' pajamas. He's like, are yeah. you medium? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my no. God. Oh, okay. So I got to back up for a second. So one of the things okay. we did was we went to um, Madison Square Park in uh -huh. New York and I sat there with Lori and she had me in the park check out women and comment like on their bodies and oh my god I yeah I didn't like it but I so I was redirecting it so she would like and I, I would give myself props for doing this because I was like this because at the time it wasn't that big of a deal but she'd be like so are you a tits or ass man like, this is on camera she's like what do you Jesus. like how about that girl that girl's nice tits right huh and I was like she wanted me to say like disgusting things, but uh -huh. I just kept commenting on like what the girls were doing. So this one, I was like, <laughs> this girl, I go, well, she's like, what about her? I go, well, she has a suitcase, so she probably has commitment issues. I was just like, that's funny. That's I just funny. kept like redirecting it because she kept wanting me to be like, yeah, you have tits, right? Yeah, you're creepy. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> do this. And so that went on for like we were there for like an hour of me just like commenting it and then a couple times they had like actual plants of people that i could talk to and comment on so she's like okay cool now that i have your type you're gonna meet, <laughs> you'll meet the girl so that's the whole thing was like she would provide based off of what i said was like i'll mm. find a girl for you and someone who's cast obviously to have the reaction they want okay yes exactly so 
We go to our first, my first date on this show, on The Love Broker, was at Bullmore Lanes. And so I'm kind of drunk. I'm a little nervous. And I'm like, they're, they're getting me really drunk. Okay, so at this point, I have to say, like, you start kind of not knowing what's real anymore because, like, you're mm. kind of drunk. People are telling you things to say stuff. Like, you're doing these, like, camera interviews afterwards. It's like, it's a little, it's just a little confusing. I'm becoming friends with the crew, but I'm like, are these people my friends? I'm uh, they're all like fake. It's like the opposite of going to a strip club when they're nice to you <laughs> for money. But they're like, yeah, you're doing great. Keep shitting on these women. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and you're yeah, like, okay, sure. really? Yeah, okay. So funny. Keep drinking. Keep drinking. Yeah. Wait, I'm curious about these interviews because I keep cause I just started watching F-Boy Island and I'm like, actually never watched reality shows. But now that reality shows are making fun of reality shows, I'm kind of into it. Yeah, that's and cool. I love that I'm, idea. I'm curious about when they because they always get these confessionals and it seems like it's happening but they're in very pivotal moments do they literally stop like i have a confession stop come over okay. here like how are they doing that no that's a good question so that's called it's called like an otf which is on the fly so meaning like you this either happens before the activity or afterwards chances are you're seeing it afterwards because if they're recapping a moment so you'll mm -hmm. like do the the thing and you'll do like the event and then you'll like go off with the producer and they'll be like, so what'd you think of Lisa? She's crazy, right? <laughs> so it's like, it's like shit like that. So, and then you're, and then you're talking to a producer who's asking you questions and having you say like uh, sentence reality answers. Gotcha. Do you get any uh, idea of a schedule beforehand or they're just like meet here and then they pull you around? That's it. It's like meet there. Wow. With this being said, like I did a good job of like, I definitely had boundaries. I wasn't like doing everything they told me to do. But it was, it's hard when you're drunk. Um, so like, <laughs> Which is true for everything, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Except for crying. That's pretty easy. Yeah. So I get to Bullmore Lanes. And this is now like a week into shooting. And right before my, I'm about to meet my first date, it's this girl named Caroline whose last name I still don't know. <laughs> they go to me. They go, hey, just so you know, Caroline's dad's dying of cancer. She's flying home tonight. What the F? To St. Louis. So, you know, just enjoy this as much as you can. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what? And they're like, yeah. And then that's it. And I, and I, don't, I, I don't get to see Caroline. I don't get to talk to her before. I'm like, oh, my what? God. So I'm just sitting there because they want to capture your reaction to seeing her at first. Yeah. So I meet this girl. And they're like, here's Caroline. And the whole time I'm like, her dad's dying. Why are, oh we, doing, my God. Why are we doing this? Yes. And I honestly. And you're not allowed to talk to her about it because you're on camp. You can't be like, I extend my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> when we cut, I would try to talk to her about it. But they like did like a good job of being like, not, having, yeah, not having us interact because they wanted all of it on camera. So yeah. I honestly, I'm like drunk at this point. I like order her a hers from that stupid cocktail that I learned. <laughs> and they're like, wow, really mature of you to remember the cocktail. And at this point, I'm honestly wondering if this is even fucking true. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. know. I think it is, but I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I'm like by myself, all there's like, and this is, these are big crews. There's like 30 people around you shooting and Caroline's over there. And so we're like having drinks, it's going okay. And I'm like looking at her being like, is she okay, is she okay? And so they're like, all right, how about you guys go bowling now? So we go over to the actual bowling lanes and Bullmore lanes and there was a gong. And 
Oh they kept God. having me hit the gong. Oh my God. They'd be like, Brandon, go hit the gong again. And, uh, of course, oh in, the final, in the final cut, of, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. In the final cut, it's like, Brandon's first date. Let's see how it went. And it's just me hitting the gong. Oh my God. <laughs> Brandon, you asked, you were too funny. You kept hitting the gong. I'm like, you guys told me to hit the gong. <laughs> wow. Wait, so was there real, like, time to actually talk? Or was it, like, like 15-minute, like, talk, okay, done? Or, like, did you guys actually get to sit there and, like, try to get to know each other? Or was yeah. it very, like, structured the whole time? No, good question. So if I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember if we had inner ear monitors. I don't think we did. Oh, okay. Because, by the way, there's, like, a story producer the whole time being like, Brendan, ask her this or do that, you know? And... Again, like I had boundaries, like it wasn't, I never like, I feel like it never was too bad, but mm. in my mind the whole time I'm thinking about her dad. Yeah. That we're not going to bring that up on Bravo. It's not going to be like, so anyways, your dad's dying. And uh, so. Cause I mean, you're like, this could also be a trap. Like maybe they're, like, they're going to yes. switch it up on me or something different. Like I my dad's no been dead for 40 years. <laughs> Why would you mention that? Like, yeah, I bring it up and then, and then it's like, <sighs> and then I'm, a, I'm like, what are you talking about? Brendan just made up that your dad's dead. So. He was trying to make a funny joke about your dad dying. It's like, wow, immature. Yeah. Brendan hit a gong after he found out your dad was dead. Oh, no. So we're talking and like it's going okay. But also in these shows, they always want you to make a pivotal decision. Like, do you yeah. like this girl? Do you, huh. If you like her, tell her. And if you like her, tell her, kiss her. Kiss her now. It's like shit like that. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not pushing this vibe. Her dad's dying. I'm like, okay, like they, so we kind of all made a decision, like it just didn't go well, but really it was fine. Like we actually, to be honest, I, so I ended, I'll tell you, I ended up going on a second date and Ooh. I was actually really, I was actually really attracted to the first girl, this girl, Caroline, but I couldn't talk to her really because her dad was- Oh dying. my God. And they didn't let you guys like exchange contact or anything, right? Okay. So that was the other fucked up thing. So. <laughs> After this date's over, I contact Bravo and I was like, hey, can I have her email address just to be like, I'm sorry, this is insane. Like, I'm drunk. I'm like trying to be funny, but I'm also like, want this to go well. I'm also thinking the whole time that your dad's dying. Like, this is very <laughs> fucking weird. We're also at Bullmore Lanes. I'm hitting a gong. That's not how I normally am. <laughs> I'm smashed. <laughs> I'm smashed. So, no. And Bravo said no. They didn't give me her information. And I still don't even know her last name. Wow. I wonder how she is. She's probably married and has like 16 awesome kids. But um, <laughs> maybe her dad's still alive. And maybe, yeah, maybe that was just a play for her to get out of the Bullmore Lane state. <laughs> <laughs> that's so random that they, like I, I'm trying to figure out if that's like a weird tactic because they didn't tell you so many things for them to like throw that at you the last second. It must be a tactic. to. It could be true, but it must be like throw him off his gang before he goes in or something like yeah, and, and if that's the case, how so, dark, how yeah. dark is that shit, if that's true? That's awful. <laughs> so, by the way, I'm sure I'm violating all of my ideas with this, which is great. And <laughs> no, because nowadays the shows are all, like, all these shows, Bachelor, Nation, uh, FBoy Island, they all have po company podcasts, and that, I think that's what keeps the shows going, because for so long people are like, this is fake. But now you see the people off camera they are really them, but they're also talking about the stuff you don't see, and I found that's actually be, probably become better marketing. I mean, it's almost like these monsters oh, we've yeah we've created like the executives who were the monsters turned the human people into monsters, and then the human monsters are trying to take back because there's kind of a bit more empowerment. I feel like when 
people on the pods are talking about their lowest moments. They're like, yeah, I mean, I had this emotional breakdown on TV and I'm a person. And people are like, oh, damn. They're like, and yeah. I learned from it. And, you know, some people don't learn from it. So, no, it's whatever. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's great. I think people need to know, like, what it's really like because we're – I think people watch these shows with, like, such a funny, like, lighthearted detachment. Like, oh, it's just below deck. Like, meanwhile, like, fucking insanity is actually happening. And, like, the way they craft these stories is, like, it's so insane. Anyway, so I never got to talk to Caroline again. But then they're like, okay, Brennan – we like you, we think you're funny, so we're gonna give you a second episode. Okay. So Laurie pulls me aside, and this is on camera, and she's like, okay, Brennan, this time you have to promise me you won't try and be so funny. <laughs> what? Yeah, because she's like, that. the whole narrative is that- Yeah, I, yeah, you were trying was, to be- but what, what we saw was Brennan was too funny, making too many masturbation jokes. That's <sighs> why Caroline didn't want to see me again. Not because her dad was dying of cancer. So wow. it's like, if you, if you watch the episode, you're like, oh. Um, anyways, so I get a second date. And uh -huh. this time she's like, you're going to love this girl. You're going to love her. Her name's Justine. She's got huge tits. You're going to love her. I was like, okay. Whoa. What? <laughs> oh, my God. She was obsessed with it. Uh -huh. That's like what Lori would always talk to me about. You could just, I look like a baby. You could see me just like turn red. She was trying to pull, like get a pull quote from you. Of like, I guess I like tits. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And then just like tits, tits. And then just have you go tits, 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 yeah. tits. Over and over. Brennan, Brennan just likes gongs and tits. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. So we meet on uh, right by Central Park and we go out to a bar and we hit it off and it was great. And like, we had fun. And then we go to Central Park and the lights and it's now the sun's going down. I'm like kind of dressed up and it's going well. And they're like, Brendan, you need to decide right now. Are you gonna <laughs> kiss this girl or not kiss her? And I was like, I was like, okay. And I think they <laughs> asked her off camera, like when we weren't filming, I'd be like, can I kiss you? So like I ended up kissing this girl on camera, but it was so fucking awkward. <laughs> Imagine meeting someone and an hour and a half into it. With cameras all around. With you. cameras and then being like, <laughs> Damn, now you know how the little mermaid feels. <laughs> well, he's got she got a song at least. <laughs> and um so we ended up kissing and we ended up actually going out for like a couple weeks afterwards and then she nice. me hard. Um, <laughs> it was a really hard ghost. Wow. I mean, that yeah, I feel like you can't fully be yourself on a fake date on a TV show, but yeah. <laughs> the and circumstances like, aren't. <laughs> yeah, and she was like very, she was, she's really cute. She's very Long Island and it's that sort of was never gonna be my vibe. I'm not uh -huh. long, I, I'm from the Midwest, but she was great. And so anyway, so the show airs like maybe four or five months later. And remember in Facebook how, I don't know if you experienced this when there was like this separate inbox that nobody knew about. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So after my episode aired um, and Lori called me immature and said basically I was too funny and a baby, uh, <laughs> I found my separate inbox messages like a year later and I uh -huh. had all of these messages from <gasps> girls. Oh my being, God. Yeah, being like, you know what? Just so you know, Brennan, I would much rather have a nice guy who can make somebody make me laugh than a mean asshole. And I'll go, <laughs> I'll go bowling with you anytime. It was really cool. Oh, that's sweet. So I found like, yeah, I found like 10 or 15 of those messages in my Wow. Message. But then I was like a year later and I was like, no, 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 let's go out. I ah, go. No, I've changed. <laughs> I won't hit the gong. I'll go out with you, I'll go out with you. Yeah, so 
Well, what about your? You were getting out of a breakup. Did were you? Was any of this motivated by break, post breakup, or did it just help you completely forget it? Or were you like, ah, yeah, no, oh, my ex will see yeah. this, and you that know? That was yeah, actually that was a lot of it. I remember. Um, so I got out of this relationship with this girl that I was like thought I was gonna marry. I was so young, and then um, then I met a new girl at this job I was working at who I like loved, mm-hmm. and but we were like super tumultuous. It was very up and down, wild, crazy, like. Classic New York City. Yeah, yeah, we're young, we're like babies, and I was like so into this girl, and we just couldn't make it click. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I'll go on this show, and I'm gonna be like, you don't want to be with me? I'm gonna slay this Bravo show. <laughs> I'm gonna hit this gong, and everything's gonna be fine. All I gotta do is hit this gong. And oh my god. So yeah, that was it. Was part of my motivation for sure was like to move on from these girls that like I really connected with. Mm. And so it came out like six months later. Uh, obviously, like nothing that impactful for my career or anything like that. Uh, my mom was upset, but I mean, it was like a cool experience. And then, so then, cut to seven years later, which is two years ago. Mm-hmm. I start writing for a new a Bravo show. Uh, oh wow! Okay. A dating show called Blind Date. It's a dating. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I watched the first version of that growing up. On like, yeah. it used to be on um like pu- public or broadcast, whatever. It was like not even cable. It I was remember watching it like all the time. Every yeah, time. I used to Everybody. love that show. I mean, I was yes. like a kid, like <laughs> waiting for Sailor Moon to come on, watching Blind Date. <laughs> oh, dude, Sailor Moon was on. On um, yeah, on channel was it like channel twenty at three thirty? I mean, in the Bay. I don't know where you grew up, but oh, Midwest. And so yeah, so I started writing for this Bravo show, and it was like crazy because now I'm like the Bravo guy. Doing yeah, wow. Shows. But what was cool was that. It's a really great opportunity to write actually really funny jokes. So it's like, mm. you know, so basically the premise of the show, as you know, is there's two dates, they're 12 minutes long, and then you are writing jokes over the date. Mm. So you're like, uh, a big thing we did was write thought bubbles. So let's let's say somebody was on a date and someone says something weird, you pop a thought bubble and say what they're write what they're thinking. Oh, okay, like commentary. That's more I feel like a little more ethical because you get to let people be themselves. And then just trust that people are funny, which they are, and then and then let them be themselves and comment on it. Yeah, no, and like all the comedy writers were great. So there was five of us, and we were all like on the. We all love the daters. Like our, mm-hmm. joke, our, we never. I feel like we never set out to be like, let's make this guy look like a piece of shit. But mm-hmm. maybe Bravo would craft it. But here's what's crazy, and you will appreciate this being in this business. This is uh-huh. how this business works. This is so- oh gosh. So. The guy who was in charge of giving all of the comedy notes on the show, all of uh-huh. them, like literally we would write these jokes and these dates and we would write like these long scripts that would take forever. And he would just write scrolls of notes back to us, this Bravo guy being like, not funny, not funny, not funny, <laughs> not funny. Everybody got not funny. Okay. Damn. So this guy who was in charge of giving notes for the whole fucking show, yeah. right, he took a comedy class from one of the writers on the show. No! Oh my god! Oh, I do hate this business. Slash, give me money and I'll tell you I love it, okay? <laughs> but that is wow. the genius of this business to me. It's like, this guy had all of the power. They, I mean, he was trashing everything. Yeah, he was wow. trashing scripts of the guy whose comedy class he took. That's wild. That is so wild. That's gotta be at some level just like wishing that he could be funny. <laughs> and he's like mad and he wants you to know. 
that he has yeah. the power. It doesn't really matter if you're funny and people laugh because I won't air these jokes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, <laughs> cool. Like, then your show won't do well, so. Yeah, no. And it's crazy because so many of his notes were like comments on the dater's appearance. So it was uh... like, yeah, there's apparently this whole amazing Twitter. It's like Bravo show notes Twitter where people like oh, leak their notes. Oh my God. Because they're super. Oh, oh man, it's not, it's not like it. Dude, let's just, it's its like the whole Me Too thing oh, that no. happened to them. It's like, yeah, they were like writing notes, commenting on daters' asses and shit. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, this has nothing to do with what we're writing. And so all the writers would just kind of laugh at his notes. But then ultimately he had the final say. Yeah. So the show was taking forever to get made. And then um, this guy, two guys from The Soup came in and like rescued it. But yeah, I mean, it's also a different, I totally, um, uh, totally support the uh, like the sentiment of bringing back Blind Date because it was such an iconic show from the past. But like, yeah, in the wrong hands, it's like whenever MTV tries to reboot TRL or whatever. Like, it's like, yeah, we get that it was cool, but like, it's different time now. So either just like make a new cool thing, or if you're gonna bring it back, like, make it cool. But like, yeah. you can't. I mean, it seems like they like tried to do all the formulaic things by hiring funny people. But I imagine the executives in the first time around were much more like renegade, like do whatever. Cause it was such a weird show. Like they were doing, they were pushing boundaries and now they're probably like, we must uh, stay in the old way, which is yeah. different. Yeah. And one of the, okay. So this is what, this is one of their note code code names, right? So every episode would have two couples in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying we need a, a couple to be hot, they said every episode has to have one couple that's aspirationally attractive. <laughs> aspirationally attractive. Oh my God. That's wild. That was their way of saying hot, but they couldn't say hot. They have to say aspirationally attractive. I'm that's just, like, yeah, like, that's wild. I'm just saying hot, like just say hot. Just that. say the truth. Everyone like we, I mean, I'll watch a show. I'll watch reality shows and I'll be like, I'm just going to watch too hot to handle. Cause they're, I mean, that literally Netflix at least is honest too hot yeah. to handle is a show about people who are too hot and can't stop fucking. And that's the whole premise. And it's actually very good. Like they put, because it starts that way where I feel like bachelor is ABC. So they're like, at least try to be like family values. We're selling love but everyone just wants to watch them fuck on the island or whatever. <laughs> Which is true, but then there are, like, certain things they can't do or show, right? But then on Too Hot to Handle, it's, like, you think it's going to just be, like, an unruly party, but then they make them go through, like, therapy and, like, do, like, group Whoa. games where they're, like, yeah, and they'll separate the, the different groups, like, the guys and the girls, and they have, they've cast, like, bi people, and they'll have them, like, talk about why they have insecurities. Because you imagine putting a bunch of hot people who are used to being alphas, girls and guys, together you know like the girls are also yeah. like i don't you know i don't compete i don't do this yeah. you're gonna have them break down their walls and it's actually really cool because then they start talking about like well i have my walls up because i've been hurt blah blah but then it's like so have i okay well i guess you are hot and like me and so perhaps i am hurting you <laughs> like it's like really cool <laughs> perhaps we are human <laughs> yeah but yeah so i think yeah i agree with you just be honest uh <laughs> yeah, and I and like no i think that there's opportunity for like really good comedy and some of the people involved with the show were really funny but it's it's one of those situations where and i'm sure you've experienced this where it's like who's making the final call on the comedy yeah so it's like in the wrong hands like giving notes about jokes especially from people who aren't in comedy I, I, it's the craziest thing to me you know it's like literally like 
an, uh, it's literally like a, ba a basketball coach being like, no, I, only, I only critique swimming. And you're like, that's not what you do. That's wild. Or at least run it by like a laugher audience or something. Because that's like for those kinds of things, if you really want to know. But you can't do an open mic for reality shows. But they yeah. do that for SNL. You know, they have like the rehearsal. Obviously, that has gone through cuts. But they do cut things on the fly that don't work. So it's like, yeah, you're going to have one man in a suit who had to hire a room full of people to write pages and pages tell yeah. you what's funny like okay yeah totally like they have no experience with it and everybody also thinks they're funny so that's part of it mm -hmm. but all in all i feel like i've uh, dominated the bravo corporation and i've <laughs> uh-huh the twist would be like and i'm now the new ep of bravo <laughs> i now run bravo you are andy cohen <laughs> yeah so andy cohen's uh boyfriend was also giving notes on the show too that was okay to say. he was also chiming in with notes on blind date which was so funny so it's just like a hilarious world that was so foreign to me. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. So are you like, would you work in, I mean, you're working in, you've worked on reality recently. Is that something that you would work in again if you were like in a more powerful position to like direct it? Or are you like, I'm done with that whole thing? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I would do it again if I like the people involved and like, I think the key is because my cousin wrote for Wipeout, which is a similar reality show and he's okay. had similar. He had some more things where he was like, oh man, he's like, huge win. We got a, we got that joke about like two balls in. <laughs> we got to pass the network. So happy. <laughs> yeah, you have to set like a really low bar and it's not gonna like, dude, we're not making Dave or Ted Lasso here. And like, if you're just like, if you're just like, hey, this is a job. And it's honestly, it was the actual job itself was really fun. Oh, by the way, we were commuting to Stanford, Connecticut every day, which is fucking oh. Damn. So that was, and what's so funny about that is thinking it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you have to be in a room, like, oh, wow. We drove, to, I mean, commuted two hours a day. Oh, my God. Each way to go to Stanford. And now it's like, that idea is, seems psychotic. That's why, wait, was Nikki Glaser working on that show, too? Okay, so cool. I, I feel like I vaguely remember hearing that. She was doing the voice, so she was doing all the voiceover. So we... We were writing Nikki's lines. Like, oh, gotcha. Everything she said in the, and it's all like in that Bravo cadence with like a lot of like sexy puns. <laughs> That's up, so funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, because she's hosting F Boy. Have you seen F Boy Island, by the way? No. I, I mean, it's so stupid, but if you enjoy making fun of reality, you might enjoy it. Because it is, I mean, Nikki hosts it and they definitely are more satirizing it. Everyone's self-aware they're on a reality show, but they still do it. So it's fun because everyone's like, well, you know, we're here in a world of influencers. So doing this, if I'm myself, will get me more people who like me. Yeah. But also, who doesn't want love? They're like, are you here for love? Yeah. And they're like, are you really? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I think. I mean, like, yeah. who isn't? But probably not because I'm hot and I would be in love if I wanted love. Like, that's like the real thing behind all these shows unless they got just got broken up with. It's like, you, yeah, none yeah. of these people prioritize love. They're here on your show. <laughs> like... Other what do you think? Do you, do you watch the one where they have to make a decision if they're getting married or not right away? Oh, my God. No. Is that 24-hour fiancé or something? No. It's something like love at first sight or some shit. Where oh! Your first date is your wedding. Yes. Um, that Yeah, they're like in – they but they date in like these like uh, boxes where they can't see each other. Exactly. And then after like I think – I don't know if it's 24 hours, but it's definitely very short. And, and then after that – they get to meet each other for the first time and decide if it's a yes or no. It yeah. is wild. It, um, yeah, that, that one is pretty wild. My answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, oh, that's it's crazy. There's a couple on there that's really like I'm like, well, you guys were just meant to be and would have found each other without the show. Like they're still together and they do really work well together. But sometimes you're like, I think he would have just worked out fine anyways. Like I think, yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. Um, man, I almost did a reality show uh, about dating called. I don't think it ever aired, so I think I could say this. And I didn't make. I was like down to six of us tested for four spots, but it was uh, for E called tour dates for okay. dating female comedians who would tour and date. And I'm like, thank God I didn't get that. That's so fun. When was this? A couple of years ago, but it was the kind of thing where I'm like, I know they tried. Like I think they were trying to cast like you know. I think I was in for like the bisexual wild girl type, okay. but I wasn't wild enough. And they were like, Oh, you're like very interesting, but you're just so chill. So maybe you can like lean into that, but be like aggressively chill. Like tell people off when they're not. But I'm like, what? Like that's not what being chill is. But yeah, I don't you know. Cut, you need to cut yourself on camera. <laughs> That'd be cool and just like show people. Yeah, that. just be like, rah. I feel like I've also gotten on, like, from people who don't know me, listen to podcasts and stuff, like, other, when I've guested, like, I've gotten comments that I'm quiet and meek, which I find very funny because people who know me are like, why don't you ever shut up? But I think that some of it could be a bias. I don't think people are used to seeing Asian women talk, and maybe they're only used to seeing very wild Asian women or, like, super quiet. So that when I'm just talking, people are like, why are you so quietly talking so about, <laughs> yeah, about things that I don't want to hear. Know, <laughs> I saw you on the dance floor. And you are not, you are the opposite of meek. <laughs> I would never call you meek. That's why I think it's so funny when I hear, and I'm like, I get it, whatever. But it's like, I don't lean into being loud, but I'm like, I think I'm like an average amount of loud and quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, I think exactly. But I saw you on the dance floor. You fucking dominated. Oh, well, yes, we had a lot of fun there. Um, well, awesome. This was such a fun story. Um, I usually end with a I was going to do this, like, question I always ask people, but I'm kind of curious. Okay, I have a new one I just came up with because yeah. we're talking about reality shows, and I love l lately been really into reality shows. So it's just open-ended question. If you, okay, if you were could create your own reality show, like, an island, put everybody in an island, like, blank island, what would it be? Like, what I mean, would be the premise? All right, this is going to be some fantasy shit, but I have had this. I, this is a thought I've asked people a lot. This is a hypothetical question I've asked people a lot, which is if you could do a year in one of these two places, what would you pick? A year in Jurassic Park, in the actual Jurassic Park, when all shit and hell breaks loose, or a year at the height of the Vietnam War? Which one? Oh, my God. Pick? Wow. Uh, I mean, I'm going to have to go with Jurassic Park, Me but too. my question for that would be do i know uh, have i seen the movie jurassic park before going in oh man that's a really good question or am i going in just hoping that i would act and do the right thing or do i have knowledge of how it all right happened? so my, my answer is basically you are sam neil from jurassic park so you know that the, the park has been overtaken so okay. that's the reality show i want to see i want to see like 10 wow. people in Jurassic Park, survive dinosaurs and just see what they do. That's my that actually, I, this, I would be a sh like I'm. I was gonna say like that would be a funny show, but I actually could see that happening like this year. Like somebody would pick, like real life <laughs> totally. Jurassic Park. Totally. Like totally could do that. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I love that. I love. Um. I. I wanna. I wish we could do more reality shows where we're actually like changing status quos because but you know as you know from bravo people only want to watch already hot people who have everything beyond shows but it'd be fun to watch ones too where you like punish billionaires where you like yes. like put a bunch of scammers on an island i want to make scam island but they all think they're there to like win money but they all have to out scam each other but at the end nobody can like nobody can get off until they scam each other yeah. so it's like 
just watch them all fall into their own pit of despair. Um, that would be did, fun. Uh, yeah, what if we did Punch a Billionaire where you were allowed to just light up punch. a billionaire? <laughs> I mean, see, like, I don't, I, I, I totally get punching up, but I also, I'm like, I'm all, all for the um, not punching up or down, more for, like, the circle jerk of comedy of, like, everyone comes, so then also everyone who's shitty is just out of the circle jerk. So I'm like, all the billionaires are on an island, and then we just party without them. They can't get off the island. They have no oh, fun. Or like Catfish Island. Uh, now it's just me riffing. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Well, I gotta say this one because you're getting me too excited. Catfish Island, where we everybody is a catfish, like just like a trolly catfish, but they all think they're the only troll. Like so, they get like a hot girl avatar, and oh. they have to try to date each other on the island. But the, at That's the end, cool. they're all catfishes. Mostly, I just want to watch people like own up for their mistakes. Uh, um, you know, like have consequences for their choices. That's yeah. Consequence Island. <laughs> All right, that's that's the name right there. I fucking love that. Oh my god! That's well, fantastic. thank you so much for doing this show. Thank this you. was such this was a awesome. fun story. Um, you wanna plug your plugs and things to remind people where to find you, um, yes. follow you, and all that. I would love to. So follow me on Instagram at the underscore Brendan Fitzgibbons. Also, my podcast is called Spiritual Asshole. Check us out on Apple, all the stuff, and spiritualasshole.com. Hell yeah! This was so much fun. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Week Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwreck Sailor. And the Hoo Ha Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.